Be aware of the things that bother you. That is contrast. What's not working? What you wish was different? What feels off? Welcome to the Chelsea Pearson Podcast. I'm Chelsea, a wife, mom of two toddlers, a life and business coach, a network marketing professional with over a decade of experience in social sales and personal growth, and a long-form girl living in an Instagram story world. I am not going to limit myself to 140 characters any longer. So run, drive, work, clean your house, organize your closet. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. I hope you are ready for another episode. This is going to be a really good one. I try to to deliver a good one every single week, but this one, whenever there's a concept that I'm going to be introducing that I use all the time, that has radically changed the course of my life, I get extra excited. Sometimes we have to talk about things that aren't always as fun, but this is a tool and a strategy that can change everything for you. Like the rest of your life, the way that you, the lens in which you look at your day and your work and your family dynamics and the things you want to accomplish can be radically altered with a concept like this. So I feel like it's an honor. I feel like it's a privilege. I feel like it's an obligation for me to share this because it's, It's a gift. It really is a gift that changed my depression, my anxiety, my frustration, my self-esteem, and I want to pass it on to you. So promise me today, if this makes an impact on you, that you share it. Share it with someone you love. Share it with someone who's struggling. Share it with somebody that you see their potential. You want to unlock it and unleash it and help them see that the things that go wrong in our life are the greatest gift. They point us towards exactly what we want, exactly who we want to be, exactly what we want our life to look like and feel like. And uh, the concept is called contrast. I really, really hope that as I'm recording this, the weed whacker that is being used across the street at my neighbor's house starts to make sounds again because this is a perfect example. When I was, you guys hear it? So as I was starting off the the episode, I heard it in the background and I wanted to make sure that the audio level sounded good. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can hear it. I can hear it. And this is my pocket of time to record and I can't control what my neighbor does. And I mean, if I was living in a city, there would be sirens or there would be, you know, horns blaring. And this is the perfect example. I feel like it was just delivered straight straight to my experience right now. That's a perfect example of contrast. And it's very similar to on earlier episodes when I was talking about finding your recipe for success or triaging your life, really slowing down to identify the rock in your shoe. Like if you are going to run a marathon, which is what we're doing in life, managing all these things and pursuing our goals and trying to enjoy the process and and push ourselves and challenge ourselves, if there's a rock in your shoe, it's going to be really, really hard to focus on the task at hand and to maintain consistency and feel like you're enjoying the process and you know have a PR and run your fastest pace. And that is a perfect example of contrast. Now, I hope you can still hear this weed whacker. 
not the biggest deal. There are so many things happening in the world that are so unbelievably worse than the, the distraction of background noise in a beautiful home, in a wonderful neighborhood, with clean water and safety and security, a roof over my head. Like this is, this is an, an idyllic example of a rock in my shoe. And it's still an example of contrast. And when you have things in your life that go wrong, you may be like me and start to stack those negative things on top of each other or let them go unacknowledged until they fester and they become this giant ball of things that are poking and irritating and draining you and you allow my brain doesn't do this anymore because I'm very aware and I've retrained the way that I think and the way that I identify my own self-talk and how, how I notice contrast or the things that I don't want and don't like in my life. So it's possible to break that cycle 100%, but you can let it fester. And then that one straw breaks the camel's back and the day is ruined and you give up on the relationship or you give up on your goal or you give up on yourself and you just feel like there's something wrong with you versus there's something you can do to pull yourself out of that place and put yourself in the greatest position to be your best self, enjoy your day, pursue the things that you want to pursue, meet your needs, serve the people around you, love and, and feel connected and significant when, when it comes to your relationships and, and your work. I think there's crying. I think you can hear crying. Yeah, there's crying um, for mommy. What a blessing, right? What a blessing to be able to have kids. What a blessing to be able to be in a, a home that there's a weed whacker playing outside and I have a microphone and I have an internet connection and I have a purpose. What a blessing. Yes, sometimes, at least for me, I've felt like guilt for acknowledging that I want more or that something bothers me because somebody has it worse or I should just be thankful. I've both been told that directly. I've been shamed in, as a child from people you know, outside my immediate family that, oh, look what you have. Um, you should be happy with what you have or you know don't don't strive for more there's there's definitely wounds in me that i'm re revisiting and healing when it comes to fear of too much success because of the way that i was treated and the experiences that i had as a kid when i was a little bit too ambitious or was pursuing something that was amazing and spectacular and above average because everybody doesn't have that opportunity and everybody can't do that. So you should stay small. And I feel like when I spun my tires a lot over the last few years, over the course of my life, but specifically when I was like really self-sabotaging and not living up to my true potential, I realized that was a big part of it was who am I to be upset about the kids crying and who am I to be upset or bothered or want more about the clarity of sound in the background when there are people that are suffering. There are, there are literally kids whose, whose villages have been bombed, who are starving. And as an empath and somebody who feels very deeply and was taught from a young age to love others above self and feel their pain and sit with them in it and unconditionally love one another 
the way that I love myself, it's really, really hard for me to square that circle, if that's the expression, or just make sense of the imbalance of suffering. It just, it doesn't sit with me. And over the pandemic and even before that, as my life started to become more and more and more successful and I was putting these tools into action and seeing my goals be accomplished and the disparity between my experience and so many people's experiences where they were dealt a hand of cards that was not something that they could chose. Yes, perhaps, and absolutely, I don't want to take away anyone's autonomy and power to pull themselves out of situations. But when you think about trigger warning, abuse, or just childhood situations or environmental factors that are literally, I look at my beautiful, innocent children and I think, how can someone just by the luck of the draw be born into a circumstance like this? Yes, we hear stories of these awful tra- tragedies and environments where somebody chooses to be the, the victor and not the victim. But at the same time, my heart and my brain just can't make sense of something so innocent and so pure getting dealt a set of cards that's so different than me. And then over here, I am <laughs> I am in this position where no, I was not handed my business. I was not handed um, my life. I was not handed the willpower and the determination and the skills and the finances to create what I've created, but I still was, I have internet, I have clean water, I have a loving support system, I am safe, I am fed, I have access to medical care. So many things are working in my favor, so who am I to want even more? This is such a tangent, but also so relevant because I bring up, I got stuck because I was trying to make sense of that. And if you've ever taken a philosophy class or really sat with these questions, I don't know if any of us have an answer. I don't think we do. I don't think anyone does. And I started to investigate the fruit of comparing my contrast, my problems, my annoyances, my struggles with the struggles of other people. Because I would be in a position like this where I have all of these resources and all of this opportunity and all of these gifts and all of these privileges and I would stop myself from doing more and achieving more and creating more because other people have it bad. And who are you to say that bothers you when there's so many bigger things in the world? And the result that came from that was I didn't use my gift. And I wasn't resourceful with my resources. And I got depressed and I got stuck and I got stagnant. And the result that was created was that I was not serving the people in less fortunate positions. And I was not creating a positive impact on the world. And that really changed my perspective when I analyzed, like, yes, I want to hold space and I want to have empathy and I want to see the disparities and, and the um, the inequalities and the inequities between someone in my position and so much of the world. And yet, what an absolute travesty and tragedy would it be if because of that difference in our circumstances, I took this position that I'm in and did nothing with it. 
and I sat in depression and I spun and I overthought and I beat myself up and I sabotaged my own success because it's not fair, that doesn't seem like it makes sense. But what if I step into, okay, I'm going to be courageous and notice all the things that make me uncomfortable or are wrong with the world or are wrong with my work, whether it be a weed whacker in the background, a lack of organization, a system that needs to be created, a bedtime that needs to be a little bit earlier. And I give myself enough space to honor this bothers me, this annoys me, this irritates me. I'm going to stay in my bubble and my lane and do me so that I can be the best me to go outside of myself and make an impact and do something about the things that are unthinkable or unfair or wrong so that I can have the energy and the talent and the tools and the impact to serve and to donate and to give and to take action to actually do something about it. I examine the fruit, I examine the results of staying stuck in, oh, well, you should just be happy. Oh, well, you should just be lucky. Or other people don't have what you have. Or, oh, that's such a first world problem. I didn't actually make an impact on the world in that place and in that cycle. But when I started to tune out the noise, listen to my heart, notice the things that were going wrong around me and within me, honor them and not listen to anyone else's voice, but say this This feels like contrast to me. This isn't working for me. This irritates me. This shouldn't be this way. I don't want it to feel like this. When I would capture the rocks in my shoe and I would notice the boulders and the earthquakes and the rubble around me and then do something about it, actually honor it, actually acknowledge it, actually hold space for it, I started to change my life and change the lives of the people around me. And that was the result that really I wanted to create. So now that we all have permission to honor and acknowledge that the rock in your shoe, that your messy desk, that your lack of a morning routine, that your meal plan, that your email inbox, that your relationship with your parent, all of those things, even though there are bigger things in the world, they matter. They absolutely matter. And every single time we go out and we experience our day, I mean, I I wake up and there's contrast. I wake up and there's, oh, I don't like this. There's a pile of clutter, right? We talked about that in the time management, the ta-da episode a few episodes back. And it was like, when I was putting my head down to actually just do what I had set out to do, it was so hard for me to not notice all the things that were out of place and I wish were different. And I taught about how to capture that unimportant, low priority list for later so that you can really focus on the urgent and important tasks, but then still capture the things that you would like to get done that are distracting you and they're in your path and then get them done when you have more time. You can do the exact same thing with contrast. Anytime you're feeling resistance or you're feeling frustration or you're feeling like, ugh, I hate the way this is. I wish this. I want that. Anytime there's that negative feeling of fear or guilt or jealousy or frustration, acknowledgement of you want something, listen to it. <laughs> listen to it. You know, I think about there's um in my my office bathroom upstairs, there is 
this like towel bar. You know, I've lived in this house, I think for probably six years and eventually I'd really love to, you know, wallpaper that bathroom and the towel bar that was in the bathroom from the previous owner. I just, it's not functional for me. You know, sometimes you like a hanging towel bar. Sometimes you like a hook. I like a hook and it's in the background of the mirror. So if I want to take photos for social media, it's cutting off the back of my head. It's so insignificant. Like it really doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. So I may never get that fixed. I mean, it's like this little annoyance or even just like an observation, but like my life and my day is not affected by that thing. It's just so incredibly neutral. And there may be something in your life where someone's like, hey, you should do this. And you're like, ah, it doesn't bother me. Like, it's not a big deal. And it bothers them. And they're like, yeah, but really, like, you should get more organized in your kitchen. Or you should, like, oh, my gosh, how, how guys, are, are you the person who has has to be email, email inbox um, zero, like, no notifications? Or do you have 29,000 emails, right? For some of you guys, it doesn't bother you. You're like, I, I will always have this many notifications. This is who I am. My phone is going to be on low power mode. It doesn't bother me. And then for others, including myself, it's like, I, I hate this feeling. It, it makes my like, it just makes me anxious. Be aware of the things that irritate you. Be aware of the things that bother you. That is contrast. What's not working what you wish was different, what feels off. They are guideposts towards what you do want and what you do need. They are indicators that you have some sort of desire or human need for connection or contribution or significance or clarity and security and organization or fun. I mean, FOMO, we talk about how FOMO all the time in personal growth spaces and even in just life and joking around, you know, on talk shows and radio shows, it's like, oh, the fear of missing out. But at the root of it, if you're feeling FOMO because you're seeing people do something you want to do, rather than guilt ourselves into feeling like, oh, I should just be thankful or try to change that about ourselves and like reprogram that thing, what if we just looked at it and said to ourselves, oh, that means that I want that too. That means that I want friends. That means that I want enough income to go on vacation. Oh, that means I want to look good in a bathing suit. It's so freeing. It's so incredible to just acknowledge your needs. And I grew up in, you know, I had a a beautiful childhood. I grew up in church and I had many different pastors and many different messages and many different exposures to doctrine. And one of the things that I have left behind is a very legalistic and judgmental view on my desires. And I was, you know, I don't think it was anyone's fault. I think that there are so many subcategories of beliefs. And now at this stage of my life, I'm spiritually mature enough to trust my instincts and myself and say, oh, that's not for me. And I think also we're coming at our faith or at um, any sort of belief structure with different childhood experiences and personalities. And so somebody can receive a message and like 
not judge themselves or not be overly critical. And then someone else can be exposed to that same message and it wrecks them and it creates this guilt spiral. And for me, I think in an effort to be good and be pure and be honoring to God and live the best life and be the best person I could be, when anytime I had a desire, I immediately internalized the message like, oh, but you, sh- you shouldn't listen to yourself and you shouldn't listen to your heart. It was the culmination of, of the messages that I received, the woman that, or the child that I was and the life that I had lived and my personality. And I took that to mean like your desires are bad. And just like I examined the results of beating myself into, oh, your life isn't that hard. I should just not acknowledge the things that are frustrating to me or affecting me. And then the other option, which was to honor those things, and then the results were I was a better person and I was going out into the world and serving and loving and being more, just a better contributor and impact. The same assessment of like, okay, is this serving the result that I'm actually looking to create? I realized like, yeah, when I stifle my desires and I don't, I don't ignore that thing in me that says you want that and like beat myself into a very legalistic, like, oh, you should just, all the shoulds, right? Shoulding all over myself. It backfires. It's like, you know, I wouldn't allow myself to have a drink every so often. And then all of a sudden I'd go on a bender and I'd binge drink. I had to make, make friends with, with my desires and trust my desires and I know that a lot of people from my past and who share the same faith as me literally to my face would disagree with me and say that's yourself speaking or that's your sinful nature speaking. And I don't agree. I just don't agree. I, I trust God inside of me. I trust the intuition that I was given. I trust the wisdom that I have created or co-created with my creator. I disagree. And it's very healing for me to say that out loud, even if I don't have to say that. It's important for me to say to you if you are, if you share any of those similarities of bypassing yourself and the things that you need and the things that are coming up in you, like maybe that's an indicator that you need those things as a human being and it's not selfish. It's not selfish. And rather than beating yourself into this contained version of your spirit, why don't we why don't we really look at the FOMO and the jealousy and the frustration and the irritation and say, what is bothering me? And then what is the opposite, right? I, I feel left out. I feel disconnected. I wanna go on vacation with friends. I don't have any friends. I don't have any extra income. We are living in unprecedented times when it comes to opportunity and wealth creation. And yeah, it takes work and it takes learning skills. But when you think about the, even 10 years ago, the ability to create an extra stream of, stream of income or even just access information, it's, un, it's unrivaled. Like we, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time right now. And if you wanna go get it, go get it. If you wanna create it, if you wanna learn, if you want to change your life, it's all there. And you can even just train your algorithm to give you the steps and you will, in your feed, get the recommendations that are going to lead you toward that thing. But rather than denying that, that that's a need that you have or 
just bypassing it as FOMO or an irritation or a frustration, stop, slow down, identify it. What is the opposite? What is the opposite of the weed whacker in the background? Quiet, a quiet studio to record my podcast. Choosing a time where my kids aren't awake or the dogs aren't outside. The irritations that I'm experiencing or the lack of ideal circumstances that I'm experiencing, what I don't want is pointing me towards what I do want. So what I would do, I actually have a contrast list. I have a physical piece of paper on my desk and then I also have a note on my iPhone called contrast. Every single time I experience something that I do not want, I write it down. It is a to-do list of things I don't want and I slow down and when I have the space and I have the emotional energy, I say to myself, what is the opposite? That's why we use the term contrast because the towel bar, the towel bar in my powder room is not an issue. It's not. Even like little things, like I know a lot of women love to get their nails done. I can't sit through a nail appointment, not in this season of my life. My nails aren't always done and that's okay. And it, yeah, it bothers me a little bit, but it's not that big of a deal. And for some people, it would bother them. Same thing with notifications. You may have a million notifications. If it doesn't bother you, it's not an issue. If it bothers you, if it creates negativity or resistance within you, capture it, write it down. It's a signal that you want something different, that you need something different, that it's less than ideal. And rather than accept that as just like a part of life, and yes, we are always going to experience new annoyances and new frustrations. I love the, the phrase new levels, new devils, because as we are evolving into the next season of life or version of ourself, there is always going to be new contrast. There's always going to be new obstacles and frustrations and broken links in the flow toward whatever we want to experience or create. And when you look at it like that, contrast becomes this gift, right? As we're going through our work or our day, as we're doing looking at our body and the reflection in the mirror, or we're alone with our thoughts, or we're here with our family, or we're scrolling our newsfeed, there really are three categories that any sort of experience or sensation or circumstance that can cross our path in our brain. There is neutral. This doesn't bother me. I'm not affected by it. It's it is what it is. It's my towel bar. It's my notifications. It's, I don't really care about that thing. Like it's not a big deal to me. There is contrast. I hate this. I don't like this. This bothers me. This irritates me. This is frustrating. This is overwhelming. This is, this is not ideal. This is not what I want. This is, this is this thing that I, 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 I don't want to experience and I don't like. And then there's the good stuff. This is amazing. This feels good. I love this. I love who I am when I'm doing this. This is my favorite. This is my recipe. This is my song. That is my person. This is how I want to feel. This is what life is about. This is my favorite outfit. This is my favorite temperature. This is the way that I love to work. This is how I love to feel. This is what I love to do. These are, these are thoughts that make me feel good and make me better and make me the best version of myself. It's all good. When we experience the neutral stuff, it's no big deal. There's no big deal. 
It just is. It doesn't affect me. It's not, it's not a problem. Cool. Irrelevant. Unbothered. I love that. I love neutral stuff. The good stuff is good. The good stuff is really good. And in future episodes, and actually with um, specifically right now, I have just launched a new program called Me Again. Um, it's linked in the show notes, but it is a fitness and really like health and wellness coaching community and program that I've developed that helps me sort out the things that feel good and the things that don't feel good so that I have an authentic, sustainable, amazing routine for my mindset and my nutrition and my fitness and my self-care and the way that I connect with people and the way that I challenge myself. And I'm, I am so excited to have this open to, um, to women and my existing clients and my new clients so that I can teach you and teach them how to, how to feel like themselves again. And this process of contrast, (laughs) that's my, that's my, uh, almost two year old. This process is a huge cornerstone in the teaching that I offer because we chase what feels good. We find what feels good and we do it again. And then we identify what doesn't feel good, the contrast. And we say to ourselves, we ask ourselves, we slow down enough, why don't I like this? Why does this feel wrong? Why does this bother me? And when we slow down and we make that note or we write that out on a piece of paper and we brainstorm, okay, what's the opposite? Contrast. This is black. Where's the white? If this is so frustrating to me, it is so very clear that I want the opposite. And if I stop to say to myself, this bothers me, this upsets me, this drains me, this irritates me, this slows me down, this makes me feel a negative emotion, and not like in a healing way, like feeling grief or feeling sadness or feeling anger, but like, I don't like this. I don't want this. That is contrast. And then we can create a plan to change that circumstance or build a habit into your life, into your routine or your work day so that that doesn't happen again. A system, a solution, a tool. So that's no longer a problem. And then when you start to live your life, it's just, it's sorting. It's like, okay, I experienced this thing. I don't like it. I'm going to write it down. I'll find a solution for it in a bit. It's neutral. Cool. Doesn't affect me. It doesn't light me up. Doesn't bother me. It's just what it is. And it, you don't even have to waste a breath on it. You're, you're not even realizing it. Like just how we have just tens of thousands of thoughts all the time. And our brains are even just filtering out stuff for us. The neutral stuff just happens. It's no big deal. And then the good stuff. Oh my gosh, it's good. This feels good. I love who I am. I love how this tastes. So just like I had shared earlier, then that's great. And when things are good, we notice them and we do it again. And when things are bad, we notice them and we find a solution to course correct. So now in my day, it's a win-win. I am winning or I am winning. I am I am in that zone of feel good and I love this and I love me and I love just all of it or I'm seeing this thing that doesn't make sense and I don't like how it feels and it doesn't feel fair and it gets in the way and I'm going to fix it. It's so good. It creates so much clarity. It makes me realize and hopefully unlock something in you. The reason that we aren't where we are or aren't where we want to be and aren't feeling the way that we want to feel 
It's because we're ignoring the contrast and we're making the contrast mean, the bad stuff mean we're bad or we're broken or we should have done something different or we're not good enough or we can't. Really, I mean, that's that's a very common for our brains to do that, especially if we've had stuff in our childhoods or just experiences where someone has implicitly or explicitly said those things to us. But I think for a lot of us, we're just doing our best and we're in survival mode and we're in on autopilot and we don't even realize that we can capture an experience that doesn't feel good and like synthesize it into something that leads us towards what we do want. So we just think it's happening to us. And it makes sense why we just let life happen to us because no one's taught us any different and life is hard and heavy. There are most people on this planet are doing their best carrying a really heavy load without the capacity or the tools to untangle this stuff and slow down enough to really care for themselves and sort and sift and decide what feels good and what doesn't feel good. You know, alcohol, I have, I don't drink alcohol anymore. I feel, you know, very lucky. I've never struggled with addiction, but I absolutely have struggled with over drinking and using drinking to make me feel a certain way. I want to feel good. I want to feel connected. Actually, I want to do a whole episode on this. I was talking to one of my friends who grew up in um, an LDS family and in the Church of Latter-day Saints, and they don't drink. Like, they don't, it's not even an option. And so we were just having this really cool conversation about why I stopped drinking. And she was like, I just don't understand why it's so hard for people. And she was like, she's the most cool, empathetic, amazing, open-minded person. So I just literally don't understand it because I didn't grow up around it. And I told her, I'm like, I mean, this could be a whole episode. Like I said, when I wanted to feel fun or I wanted to feel confident or I wanted to feel connected or I wanted to feel calm, alcohol allowed me my inhibitions to be dropped. And of course, your inhibitions also dropped. So I was like obnoxious and annoying and made bad decisions. And like, there's all that element of it that I I just experience contrast like I don't I don't want to wake up with guilt and dread in the morning I don't want to wake up with shame in the morning I don't want to wake up wondering what I said or embarrassed that I did this thing so that was a big part of my decision but an even bigger part of my decision was the contrast that I felt when I would wake up the next day and I'd see that my well I I wear this um like biometrics tracker called a whoop band or whoop band Um, I'll link it in the show notes if you want to take a look and I have a code for a free band and free month, but it tracks your, your heart rate variability and your nervous system and how much you've recovered in your sleep and your O2 levels and your heart rate. And I would just see like it literally, I'd wake up in the morning with like 5% recovery out of 100 and I'd be in the red, like that's how the, the app works. And on days where I'm, I'm in the yellow, like that mid range of recovery, I feel like death. So to literally see like, I am, I am on low power mode physically. I really confronted like, why, why am I doing this to myself? And that was a big area of contrast where I decided like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. I would rather do the work to find out how to be more fun and be more connected and be more confident sober than rely on this thing that 
can get out of hand. And my gosh, I have stories and a lot of shame that I let go of, but a lot of stories um, from my 20s and even younger about just, oof, like, yeah, cringe. But just physically as well, like, I, I don't want to feel this way any, anymore. I want to feel clear. I want to feel excited. So that was a big area of contrast where I really had to say to myself, okay, like, how many times am I going to do this and feel this way until I really say to myself, like, this is not what I want and this is not how I want to feel, and this is not working. And that pointed me towards sobriety. And I will occasionally have a drink, but I almost always regret it, just even a little bit. Um, that led me to the clarity of what I do want, which is to feel more confident and to feel more connected and to be more social and to have as much fun as I can bone dry sober and wake up in the morning feeling amazing and hydrated and recovered, that was a really amazing example of capturing contrast and then creating what I do want on the other side. But then there are also really small things like my dogs barking in the background or drinking enough water, feeling like crap because I didn't drink water the previous day, again and again and again has made me slow down enough to ask myself, okay, I feel like crap. Oh, I didn't drink enough water. Rather than let that just be something that sometimes I hit and sometimes I miss, I now have a clear plan of action. I need to drink enough water because I want to feel good every single day. I notice little habits like opening up my Instagram like 30 times a day that just was draining me. Like I, anytime I would feel a low emotion or a negative emotion, like I just slowed down enough and had enough respect for myself to say, what is happening? Like, what am I doing? Let me just notice and observe what is the thing that I'm doing before I feel this feeling. And this is also really helpful for anybody that emotionally eats. If you slow down and you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to eat what I want, but before I do, let me just write out my phone in a little note, everything that I'm feeling. And it's crazy because you're probably all of a sudden, like you're totally unconscious of this until you ask your brain what's happening. And then you're like, oh, I felt like crap because I didn't get that promotion or I was comparing myself or I got a text message from this person that made me feel unworthy or shame. And that's why you're overeating or over drinking or you're spending or you're scrolling. But when you slow down, and I slow down enough to be like, I feel like crap every single time I'm over-scrolling. I hate over-consuming social media. What? That's contrast. And so how, how do I want to feel? What is the opposite of this? I want to go in. I want to consume enough to feel inspired or connected, right? Because like really I asked myself, well, why, why do I love this thing? Because I don't want to give it up. So what is the connection? What's the cord that is keeping me addicted to this thing? I love seeing what my friends are up to. I love being inspired. I love sharing what's working for me. Okay, that's what I do want. How can I prevent myself from feeling the contrast of being drained and exhausted and addicted? Okay, I'm going to check my phone twice a day. And then I'm going to delete the app when I'm done. 
and then I'll reinstall it tomorrow. These sound like small things. They've changed my life. I, I take the rock out of my shoe. I celebrate the rock out of my shoe. I thank God for the rock in my shoe. I thank God for the contrast because when I experience what I don't want, it's an indicator that I have a need that's not being met or I have a desire that I can then pursue once I define it. And then life becomes a win-win. I either have a clear indicator that something is going right or I have a clear indicator that something is going wrong and I can fix it. Everything then becomes great, becomes a win, becomes clear, becomes exciting. Getting to know yourself on this level, being empowered to at least even be in the place where you are honoring your desires and honoring your observations and honoring the sensations in your body, you don't have to do this on a big level. It can just be in your morning routine. It can just be in the foods you're consuming. It can just be in the social circle that you have around you. But I'll tell you, I'm applying this to my business. This is the thing that's going to unlock my revenue growth. This is the thing that when I sit down to work, I say to myself, I hate this feeling. I hate this system. I hate this whatever obstacle that I'm experiencing and I capture contrast in my business. I capture contrast in my family. I capture contrast in my closet. The good is good. The bad is good. It's a win-win. So my challenge for you today is to, I think first, this is a really tangible thing that doesn't really require the practice of of capturing contrast, but instead a one-time assignment I want you to sit down and write out what you don't want. I, I, sometimes it's easier to identify what you don't want than set goals about what you do want. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to work all the time. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to look this way. I don't want my environment to be like this. I don't want to have this relationship with my family. I don't want to feel this way about my finances. Get specific. And the more specific that you can get about all the things that are going wrong, and your brain has your back in this because our brains are really good at finding the negative to protect us. So use it. Use it to your benefit and make a list of all the things that you don't like about yourself or all the things that you don't like about your current circumstances. And then we use that as a framework to start to identify, okay, this is black. What's the opposite? What's the opposite? If you don't want to feel that way, you do want to feel this way. If you don't want your finances to look this way, you do want your finances to feel this way. If you don't want to have a relationship with that kind of a person, you do want to have a relationship with this kind of person. If you don't want to feel this way, you do want to feel this way. It becomes the blueprint for you. You can go big and you can make an exhaustive list. You can start small with the way that your desk or your inbox or your car feels. You can go big You can go small. And then, as you start to live your daily life, highly, highly, 10 out of 10 encourage you to have a list on your phone called contrast. 
Every single time something goes wrong, don't let it just pass you by. Because if you let it pass you by and you just drop it, you can't come up with a plan to prevent it. It will just keep continuing to be that thing that bothers you. When things go bad, we write it down. And then we come up with a plan. And then when things go good, capture that. It's your recipe for success. Check out that episode. When it feels 10 out of 10, do it again. And when you are bottoming out at zero, there's a reason. There's a reason why it feels this way. Don't let that pass you by. Don't let that become a story you tell yourself about who you are and what you're capable of and what, that's just the way the world works. You know, for all of my friends who have very strong faith and maybe struggling with some of the guilt of honoring your desires or trusting yourself the way that I did, I always think about the verse in Corinthians that talks about taking every thought captive. Examine every thought. Examine everything. I think that this practice for me has allowed me to really quiet the voices around me and I know that the Bible talks a lot about not succumbing to the world and conforming to the world around us. And I've really just had this radical shift where rather than deny myself and sabotage myself and abandon myself or outsource what I think and what I feel and what I believe the source in me and my relationship with God, the spirit in me is telling me, is pointing me towards what I do need, where my growth is, where my impact is, where my peace is, where my joy is. When things go wrong, rather than sweep that under the rug or grit my teeth and bear it, I can look at it and take that thing, that circumstance, that thought, that emotion captive and look at it and give it to God and find a solution and heal that thing and transform that obstacle into something that is going to make me a vessel and an instrument for love and impact and goodness and joy and peace and hope and all the fruits of the spirit and all the things that I so deeply feel connected to and want to be on this earth. I I believe that's why God put me on this earth, to be an embodiment of those things and denying my real, true, lived experience and the sensations in my body and the things that are telling me, hey, this is not right. This is not good. Not from a place of condemnation or guilt or just beating myself up. I have done 30 years 30 years of beating myself up. This has opened me up into the person I know I was designed to be and the kind of person that can navigate any waters in life and know that I have this compass with inside me that's telling me, hey, this is really good. Keep pursuing it. Your potential's there. Your impact's there. Your best life and peace and all the good stuff. All the good stuff is over here. Chase that. Be that, embody that, schedule that, 
And then when it's, when it's going left, when we're hitting the rumble strip on the highway, don't ignore that because when I ignore those things, that, that is when I get myself into trouble. That is when I hurt people. That is when I hurt myself. That is when I sabotage who I was designed to be, the work I was designed to do. That's when I get stressed. That's when I get feel shame and guilt. That's when I'm dishonoring my body. That's when I'm dishonoring my day. And it's the big things and the little things. So I hope this resonated with you. Please, please, please share this with somebody who it could benefit. I'm so grateful for all of you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for spending your time with me today on this episode of the Chelsea Pearson podcast. I can't wait to hear what made an impact or what you want to hear next. You can let me know on Instagram or in your internet browser at chelseapearson.co drop the M dot coms are overrated anyway, and you'll find so many more ways to learn links to explore and ways to work together. And if you could take a moment and share this with a friend who needs to hear this message or leave a rating and review, it would mean the world. Check out the show notes for everything mentioned in this episode today and have a great day. You are enough. You are loved. You are just getting started. Life only gets better from here.